Welcome to Camp Chat Bible Study. I'm Zach Camp. And I'm Kim Camp. Our mission is to study God's Word with you to help you grow in your faith and give you a hope for the future. We pray this will be an encouragement to you. Whether you're listening from your workplace, congratulations on being essential, by the way, the living room, welcome to homeschooling, surrounded by family, or just by yourself, or even with roommates, yet you feel the isolation and loneliness ever growing, we are here for you. Even if you don't know Jesus, or you've been cultivating your faith for years, this podcast is for you. You have questions and you want answers. So do we. We pray that this is a starting point for you, no matter where you may fall on the spectrum of faith in God. So let's go on this journey together. Today we are in Daniel chapter 5. Yes, and Daniel chapter 5, the theme is the writing on the wall. And I think this is a funny chapter, so to speak. I guess when you think of God having a sense of humor, I think this would be the chapter that comes to mind. We all have heard the saying, the writing on the wall, when maybe something's going to happen or there may be something going on that we sense or feel something's going to occur. And this is a literal interpretation of writing on the wall. As we start in chapter 5, verse 1, we are going to be studying King Belshazzar. King Belshazzar is the son of King Nebuchadnezzar. And as we go into verse 1, he gave a great banquet for a thousand of his nobles and drank wine with them. While Belshazzar was drinking his wine, he gave orders to bring in the gold and silver goblets that Nebuchadnezzar, his father, had taken from the temple in Jerusalem so that the king and his nobles, his wives, his concubines might drink from them. So they brought in the gold goblets that had been taken from the temple of God in Jerusalem, and the king and his nobles, his wives, his concubines, drank from them. Yeah, I think, you know, it's interesting to see here in verses 1 through 4 that, you know, there are those who will drink from the Lord's blessing whose hearts are corrupt and ill-willed. Yeah, that's that's good. As we go into verse 4, as they drank the wine, they praised the gods of gold and silver, of bronze, iron, wood, and stone. Suddenly, in verse 5, the fingers of a human hand appeared and wrote on the plaster of the wall near the lampstand in the royal palace. The king watched the hand as it wrote. In verse 6, his face turned pale and he was so frightened that his knees knocked together and his legs gave way. Now, I know there's different uh, interpretations of verse 6, and I think it's always interesting when when you read different interpretations, but can you imagine uh, this happening? A hand, suddenly the fingers of a human hand appeared and wrote on the plaster. Yeah, and I think, you know, given the circumstances, we would probably have the same reaction that the king had and and that we see in verse 7 where it says that the king summoned the enchanters, astrologers, and the diviners. That's a weird word. <laughs> it is. <laughs> then he said to these wise men of Babylon, whoever reads this writing and tells me what it means will be clothed in purple and have a gold chain placed around his neck, and he will be made the third highest ruler in the kingdom. And so, you know, this brought a lot of confusion to the king and his kingdom. He was just trying to have a good time, and God was like, Mm-mm, not today. I'm going to write on the wall. <laughs> 
<laughs> and as, as we go into verse 8, it just talks a little bit about how everybody becomes terrified and his nobles were baffled. They did not understand what was going on. They weren't able to interpret what was going on. And the, king, the queen in verse 10, hearing the voices of the king and his nobles came into the banquet hall. O king, live forever, she said. Don't be alarmed. Don't look so pale. There's a man in your kingdom who has the spirit of the holy gods in him. So again, she was referring to Daniel. So she points Daniel, um, points him to Daniel. And in verse 12, this man Daniel, who the king called Belteshazzar, was found to have a keen mind and knowledge and understanding. And I think one thing I just want to call out here, because it can be a little confusing, because we have talked about it a couple times, Daniel, whom the king called Belteshazzar, and then there's also the new king, Nebuchadnezzar's son, called King Belshazzar. And it can get a little confusing, but we just wanted to make sure we called that out so you could see that. And so Daniel was brought in in verse 13. He was before the king and the king said to him, are you Daniel, one of the exiles my father, the king brought from Judah? I've heard that the spirit of gods is in you and that you have insight, intelligence, and outstanding wisdom. And as we see in verse 14, it says, you know, I have heard of you. Daniel was faithful to God. He was also faithful to his captors. And though he didn't let them influence his faith, in turn, he was influencing them. And in verse 16, now I have heard that you are able to give interpretations and solve difficult problems. If you can read this writing and tell me what it means, you will be clothed in purple and have a gold chain. And immediately Daniel in verse 17 answered, you may keep your gifts for yourself and give your rewards to someone else. Nevertheless, I will read the writing for the king and tell him what it means. So then he starts to reveal in verse 18, O king, the most high God, gave your father Nebuchadnezzar sovereignty and greatness and glory and splendor. Because of the high position he gave him, all the peoples and nations and men of every language dreaded and feared him. Those the king wanted to put to death, he put to death. Those he wanted to spare, he spared. Those he wanted to promote, he promoted. And those he wanted to humble, he humbled. But when his heart become, it became arrogant and hardened with pride, he was deposed from his royal throne and stripped of his glory. Our last episode was in regards to Nebuchadnezzar's pride and how he was stripped of the glory. So he was reiterating, he was reminding Belshazzar of his father's pride and that he was driven away from his people and given the mind of an animal. But then he goes into verse 22, but you, his son, O Belshazzar, have not humbled yourself, though you knew all this. Instead, you have set yourself up against the Lord of heaven. So again, he's reminding him that you knew all of this happened to your father and you are not taking it seriously and you are filled with, with pride. Yeah, and so going to what the inscription on the wall was written and what it said, it said, you know, God has numbered the days of your reign and brought it to an end. You have been weighed on the scales and found wanting. Your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. So it, basically what Daniel told the king is that, hey, it's it's over. You're done. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny you say it that way, but it's true. When you go into verse 30, that very night, Belshazzar, king of 
king of the Babylonians was slain, and Darius the Mede took over the kingdom at the age of 62. So again, Daniel immediately interpreted his message, the writing on the wall, so to speak, the literal writing on the wall, and right away, um, Belshazzar was slain. Yeah, but before he was slain, this is interesting, in verse 29, um, basically being told that his kingdom and reign were about to end, the king still clothed Daniel and made him third highest ruler in the land. And then in the next verse 30, he was promoted to second highest ruler in the land because the king just died. So. <laughs> it doesn't say that. <laughs> it can be implied. I think it's interesting, you know, looking at the life of Daniel up until this point, you know, it can be easy to see that, you know, darkness has not overcome. A, a life lived in captivity is no life to live, yet Daniel found life not in his location, but in God, you know, in fear and darkness and persecution, his life was tied to the heart of God. You know, he would be the first to say that it wasn't easy, yet it was worth it. It was also the only way to fully live in the midst of his captivity. And, you know, don't mistake captivity for deliverance and don't mistake slavery for freedom. You know, life is found in the life devoted to God, the maker of life itself. Darkness, you know, we might be in a situation similar to Daniel where we feel captive, where we feel like we're in darkness, where we feel isolated. But, you know, darkness has not overcome. Isolation has not overcome. Depression has not overcome. You know, your addiction to you name it has not overcome. Your sadness has not overcome. Even in the midst of COVID-19, you know, the Bible says, cast your cares on him for he cares for you and take heart for he being Jesus has overcome his heart for you is freedom it's love joy peace patience etc and i think an interesting the you know thing to point out here is that like daniel you know he lived out the fruits of the spirit and we're also called to live out the fruits of the spirit and yet an interesting thing to point out here is that the grace of god is not a fruit of the spirit you know so often we as christians just live a life full of grace which is great it's a starting point but we never fully enter into the full fruits of the spirit we're constantly in a cycle of you know getting the grace of god going back into sin getting the grace of god going back into sin and yet that's not what god calls us to you know the maker of life wants to breathe life into us and so grace is an important part of all of that but it's just a starting point into the fullness of the spirit that god calls us to live in yeah i think that's good I, that's that's a lot there to take in but but i think you touched on several really important things just as reminders for all of us and you know to really you know i said this last time but when we are in these situations and God is trying to reveal something to us. In, in this situation, it was very literal. There was writing on the wall from God, but he works in our lives the same way where he's trying to show us certain things every day. And we all know that saying, the writing on the wall, but are we taking heed to that saying when it comes to certain things in our lives and our walk with God? Are we taking the time to understand what God is trying to reveal to us? And that's really our heart check question for the day is, are you paying attention to what God's trying to tell you? In, in this particular situation, that writing on the wall, God was very clear with what was going to happen. And it happened immediately. It happened immediately. But 
sometimes it takes a little longer. We've seen that situation too. And, and Zachy talking, you talking about Daniel's faith and his commitment to his faith and being able to interpret these dreams and, and him living it out. You know, at this point in time, he's, he's older, you know, he's an older man and he stays true to his faith still in, in these distressing times. It, it doesn't tell us in his word how Daniel was feeling at this this time, but he we could tell that he's very confident, and he's re, you know he's able to interpret them with confidence. But who knows what was going on in his heart, right? I mean, he had he had to be dealing with with some anxious feelings in regards to what he was being requested to do. We can't, we can't make assumptions. I don't want to make assumptions, but that, that was definitely something that I thought about when, when I was thinking about what was maybe going through his mind. Yeah. I think, you know, as we read and look through these things, it's easy to, to just be like, oh, he's Daniel. He's, he's not Jesus. And oftentimes I think we forget that is that he was still human. He's very similar to this, like the situations that we read in Daniel that we've been going through and reading, like they're very similar to what we're going through right now. And, and that hasn't changed. Like the kingdom of darkness is one that hasn't changed. Its MO is still the same. It still wants to separate us from God and his kingdom. And yet the kingdom of God is still the same that it's been um, throughout generations. And that like God wants your heart and God wants to have this relationship with you. And his is a kingdom that will last forever. The kingdom of darkness won't last forever, but it's still there and it's still ever present trying to separate us from the kingdom of God and you know in every situation that we read and we look through in the Bible like it it, autom- it just goes back to where is your heart is there pride in it is there arrogance is there this thing that you think you're better and yet you know 4000 years later we read this and like the people in this book are dead and yet the faith of Daniel we still talk about today and the uh, faithlessness of the kings we still talk about today and so like what is our focus on are we focusing on our own pride on our own agenda where in 2000 years from now people are going to look at us and think oh you weren't faithful you were faithless or are we going to be faithful to the things that God has for us and oftentimes that looks very different to what is popular in the world what is popular in the kingdom of Babylon you know Daniel though he was very well known and well respected he still held true to his faith yeah that's good I think one of the things that I I was just thinking about as you were talking and we haven't mentioned it in the last couple episodes. So I, I wanted to mention it again. Um, when we have these heart checks and, and we ask people to, you know, take a take a look at what God is revealing to them, you know, whether it's pride or is God trying to tell you something, one of the verses that we rely on that can maybe help you in your prayer time with understanding kind of where you're at with your pride, where you're at with asking God to reveal things to you is Matthew 7, 7 through 8. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receive, receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be open. So we're going to close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this word. We thank you, Lord, for giving us wisdom and discernment to be able to ask, seek, and find 
what it is that is causing pride in our life, what it is that you're trying to reveal to us. We pray that we would have open hearts and open minds to what it is that uh, you're trying to do in our lives, Lord. We thank you that we can come before you and that we can ask and seek and find. We thank you, Lord, for all that you do for us and for giving us grace and mercy and wisdom and discernment in all that we do, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.